Hey, Alan here, and welcome to another minisode of the Morning Cuppa. Today's topic is all about going green. So did you know that emissions from transport are one of the biggest contributors to climate change? No? Well, first of all, let's back it up a second. So emissions is the term used to describe the release of greenhouse gases and other pollutants into the atmosphere. These emissions can come from a variety of sources, but transport is a pretty big one. Transport largely contributed to greenhouse gas emissions through its use of fossil fuel as a means to power the vehicles the industry relies on. CO2 gets into the atmosphere through the burning of fossil fuels such as coal, natural gas and oil. But the solution can't be for the transport industry to just stop its supply chains and cut off all travel. Our economy and way of life would obviously collapse without it. There are, of course, alternatives to fossil fuels, such as hydrogen or electric vehicles, which I'll mention in a bit more detail in a bit. And both these alternatives are part of the government's plans to help transport reach net zero with its emissions by 2030 to 40. But those are the future goals. Something the UK currently lacks is the infrastructure and technology to jump straight into. But that doesn't mean the industry has to sit idle until 2040, as there are plenty of ways those working within transport are working to make that greener future a reality right now. So with a bit of that context out of the way, let's get into the way the transport industry is changing for the better and going greener. So firstly, there's fuel tracking. One of the most obvious ways HGVs contribute to climate change and the UK's overall carbon emissions is with the fuel the vehicles consume to be powered. This means that strictly, regularly and accurately tracking how much fuel vehicles use and finding ways to reduce that number and increase the MPG is key to HGVs reducing their emissions. There are many ways HGVs can reduce their fuel consumption and increase their MPG. So firstly, lighter loads, as lighter loads require less power to reach the same speeds as heavier ones. That's part of the reason why HGVs produce so much more in emissions than cars. That means if you can complete smaller deliveries and collections where possible, it's probably a good idea to do so. Better maintenance practices also make sure vehicles are running more efficiently. For example, if you let your tyres build up damage, let the pressure go down and generally take poor care of the vehicles, the vehicles are going to be far less efficient than they should be. There are also specific driving practices such as harsh braking, rapid acceleration and poor use of gears which makes a vehicle far less fuel efficient than it should be. So encouraging eco-driving in your organisation through policies and procedures will help keep MPG as high as possible. Doing this and tracking fuel to easily spot the inefficiencies in your fleet is crucial in helping the transport sector reduce its impact. A more specific rule of regulation is the Euro standards of engine manufacturers are required to equip new vehicles with. The way vehicles are made, updated and improved is a large part of the transport industry's effort to reduce its emissions. One such standard that this involves is the Euro Emissions Standard. So the newest iteration of the Euro Standard of Vehicles is Euro 6. It was introduced in 2015 and this standard of vehicle requires manufacturers of petrol or diesel vehicles to make sure vehicles do not emit more than a maximum amount of carbon dioxide, hydrocarbons or nitrogen. For operators, this means that the vehicles you use and buy since 2015 will be built on these limits in mind. However, as the name Euro 6 suggests, this isn't the first iteration of the standard. And that means going forward, there'll be a Euro 7, 8, 9, 10, etc. When that starts to be rolled out, you'll see even more fuel efficient and low emission vehicles. So how do manufacturers comply with these regulations? Well, AdBlue is important when it comes to reducing emissions, especially meeting the Euro 6 standard. Basically, the way vehicle manufacturers actually reach the Euro standard is by equipping vehicles with a selective catalytic reduction system, an SCR. This system essentially treats the emissions before they leave the vehicle via its exhaust pipe. So if you're an operator, you'll know AdBlue needs topping up pretty frequently and that there is a dashboard warning in vehicles to let you know the AdBlue level is too low, a bit like with fuel. 
So whilst you're tracking fuel, make sure you're also logging and tracking AdBlue top-ups to make sure your company is on top of that. Otherwise, the emissions your vehicle will produce will be far more than it should be and adds to your individual, your company and the transport sector's carbon footprint. There's also something called biofuel that I need to discuss before I get into other alternative fuels. So biofuels are fuels made from renewable biological materials. The two most common types of biofuel used in transport are biodiesel and ethanol. Biodiesel is normally made from plant oils such as rapeseed oil or palm oil, although it can also be made from animal fats. Ethanol, on the other hand, is normally made from crops such as sugarcane or corn. They can be used in transport in a number of ways. Biodiesel can be used neat, so on its own, in most diesel engines with not many modifications needed. Ethanol can also be used neat, but in petrol engines, but normally is used as part of a fuel blend such as E85, which is 85% ethanol and 15% petrol. Biofuels can offer some real benefits in terms of transport emissions. When used instead of fossil fuels, they can help to reduce transport's carbon footprint, and as biofuels are renewable, they also help to reduce our dependence on finite fossil fuel resources, making transport sustainable in more ways than one. So how about those alternative fuels? Well, there are new technologies allowing vehicles to be powered by alternative fuels such as hydrogen or even electric. And I mean, you've got to live under a rock to have not heard of these. So how do they work and are they, are they actually feasible in our, in our current kind of setup? Well, hydrogen is the most abundant element on Earth. According to Forbes, hydrogen makes up around 70% of the observable universe. The point is, there's no shortage of hydrogen. Hydrogen-powered vehicles have a fuel cell and a hydrogen tank which powers them, which in turn generates electricity. The fuel cell is a device that takes chemical energy in the form of hydrogen and turns it into electricity that can power an electric motor just like a battery. The hydrogen is stored in a tank in the vehicle, and this tank is well secured and crash tested. And the excess hydrogen only emits water vapour and warm air, so there are no harmful waste products in the actual function of the vehicle. But how about electric? Well, electric vehicles, or EVs as you might see them referred to, are powered by electricity rather than by diesel or petrol. In the most simplistic terms, EVs receive energy from a battery and that energy powers an electric motor which drives the wheels. Neither hydrogen or electric vehicles themselves actually produce CO2 from its tailpipe, but that doesn't mean they are entirely green. There are multiple ways to produce either, and not all of them are sustainable. For example, some electricity and hydrogen are produced through coal power or burning oil. So, until the UK's electrical grid is entirely made up of green electricity from solar or wind power, and hydrogen is produced through similarly green methods, neither electric vehicles or hydrogen ones will be completely and utterly sustainable. The good thing here is, unlike internal combustion engine vehicles, electric vehicles and hydrogen-powered ones have the potential to be completely green, even if they aren't right now. And even though they aren't completely green right now, the vehicles themselves aren't emitting anything at all, which is obviously still preferable. Obviously, there is cost and ease of access to the tech to consider here, which is currently a barrier to many operators, but it is still one such example of the way transport is moving forward. So that's what I've got for this episode, but that's not to say these are all the ways transport is reducing emissions. If you want a bit more info on going green, um, check out the Carbon Collective, which is a program we've recently released for operators to help them put their business in the right direction to become carbon neutral. You'll also find more details on sustainable fuels, transport and its emissions, and the science behind why emissions are actually harmful in the first place. I'll add a link to that in the show notes. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time on the Morning Cuppa. Mm-hmm.